Hanging out with you guys right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Always a pleasure hanging with you every week. Bree's in studio. Welcome, Bree. Get on the mic, Bree. I want to say hi to the peoples. See, I put Bree on the spot. There we go. Well, you know, my height isn't adjusted to the microphone it's not. now. So, I mean, I'm happy to be here. Bree. You are an unsung hero, giving us the board operations. That is a day trading board could never, never. Well, oh, not you mean never. That never. music button pusher? I you got never it. know. If you're new to Wrench Nation, we're, uh, we're automotive lifestyle show. Yeah, put up some music. We love the Budos band in the background. Every Wednesday, we get together with you. And, of course, if you're in and out of the show, we get that. Saturday is hanging on the KFNX and KMET out of Southern California. But first, man, we got to give some homage to these trumpets in the deep baritone. Hit it. Ow. You know, that's just tradition on the show. We got to have a little Budos band. If you're interested, check out the Budos band. A Staten Island band. Get them on your player list. Uh, if you love good, deep brass like I do, then there you go. Uh, RanchNation.tv. Uh, last week, world's oldest Ferrari. One of them. I'm cautious on that. Ed Willeman uh, joined us. He's a local out of uh, Prescott. Has the uh, 125S Ferrari. An amazing story behind that. On this show, a lot of you, we're getting all this news, man. The news is Hitting us in the evening. That gas price is hitting the wallet. Let's face it. You've had to drop out a few things. My point is this. Many of you are, you have in the last year, maybe year and a half, electric vehicles. Hmm, what's over here? What are these electric vehicles about? Maybe you're driving a little Toyota Corolla. But the problem that you see with electric vehicles is a couple things going on. One, you know, I'm not sure about where I can charge these things. And number two, are they reliable? This is all new technology. And so I want to dedicate uh, a whole show here. And, and I've actually worked hard and, and, and honored to have two very, very good industry friends and talents. Uh, Scott Brown, uh, who's an L1 master technician and an owner of a Tesla. In fact, has done a lot of work in examining the data especially on the side of not full autonomy, people. That's not there. A car is not going to self-drive you. In fact, uh, we're going to talk about some of these crash reports that came out today. But Scott Brown is in the arena of all things automotive and technology. Uh, if you guys are out in California, Claremont, visit Connie and Dick's Auto Service. Uh, they're celebrating over 60 years in business. And Scott's just a great around guy. I mean, he's paying it forward by way of technology, and it's not easy. This technology isn't always exact science. And so with electric vehicles, as the economy slowly corrects by way of all this increasing inflation, and specifically the pain at the pump, are you ready as a consumer to make that shift to just ditch it, man? You're, you're at the pump. You're, you're angry. Are electric vehicle platforms a reality for you? Is EV tech truly green and climate friendly. These commodities, when we talk about what it takes for the battery science and manufacturing, most of it not made in the USA. It's overseas. How do we as a country capitalize on this EV transition? Is it too late? We're also going to dive in, and I think this is a bonus because many of you say, well, Frank, I'm not going to do the EV, but I drive this newer vehicle and I'm not sure what all this 
sensor technology is all about. We're going to talk about how all those sensors live amongst each other and they sort of play this fusion and technology dance, what we call the driver awareness systems. How does that help you correctively steer into the right lane and so on? So Scott Brown and, of course, our good friend Rocky Kaminian, uh, he's another champ with the Automotive Service Councils of California. Rocky began his career way back in London where he worked on all makes and models as a young mechanic technician. He immigrated over here and has been a long-standing member of the community out in Costa Mesa out there by Newport Beach. Boy, I'd love love, I have a shop by Newport Beach. I don't know if I could ever get any work done, but uh, he's the owner of uh, Beamer and Benz, but also a a great industry contributor uh, in the automotive aftermarket. So we're going to bring them on and dive into electric vehicles. I had to mention this because, you know, the premise is electric vehicles. My daughter, she wants an Emok Mustang. She loves the Emok. That Mustang, she loves. Well, they made a notice. Well, it's a, it's a recall. And the fix is sort of a software fix regarding a battery overheating issue. Now, how many of these Emok Mustangs? We're talking 48,000 or so. That's quite a bit. Now, specifically, what has me wondering mechanically slash electrically the fix is to take care of an overheat issue let me get this straight mustang maki electric vehicles to fix a problem with the battery that could cause the crossover to lose power during operation or unable to start the issue for it said is with the battery's main contactors which have the potential to overheat on the vehicles being recalled which means lack of power, maybe a no-start, you went to the grocery store, and so on. Now, Ford says, don't worry, like a Tesla, this new fix, if you will, are these over-the-air updates. We talk about that, like your cell phone that gets updated. You don't do anything. While it's sleeping, boom, 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 it does its update, and things look a little different, and then it's designed to work better. My question, and I'll have to ask Scott Brown on this, if we have a mechanical issue regarding heat and these electrical contacts, which can result in a contactor, this is from Ford, that remains open or a contactor that welds closed, isn't there an electrical fix of some sort, I would think? So we're going to get Scott Brown's take on that. Uh, Today was a big day across the board. I know a lot of you, we're not, like I said, we're not an economical show, economics and all that, but we had the big Fed announcement raising interest rates. But we also had something else. U.S. Safety Agency says Tesla accounts for the most driver assist crashes, but warns data lacks context. This is upsetting. Why even report it if the data lacks context? Why? What are we doing here? Led by Tesla, auto companies have reported nearly 400 crashes involved in advanced driver assist systems. That's the, that's the report that came out today. However, it warns data lacks context. Context. So why do we even report it? I feel personally, and I don't know if some of you feel the same way. We love Elon Musk, but I feel there's this whole anti-Elon situation going on with Tesla. And we're going to talk to Scott Brown a little bit more on that. We're not going to get into our two hardcore opinions. We want to keep this very educational and informational for you that may look at an EV. But I see a huge uptick. And what's coming after Tesla, 
And I, I wonder about that. Federal safety officials stress that the data is not meant to indicate whether one system is safer than another. Now, what are we talking about? Safety systems. We're talking about some of you feel and who own a Tesla. And Scott will tell us this because there's horrific stories on it. That car is not designed for you to get in it, go to sleep and let the car drive on its own. There's a level two. There's a level three. We're going to talk about that. Autonomous technology is being tested as we speak. We're going to see that in the transport, the commercial transport arena before I believe we'll see that in the private sector on public roads uh, with the average consumer. Again, Scott will lead us into that because he's got some great uh, studies behind the wheel. He's actually examining the data. He's very active uh, as a, a Tesla owner. And so is this news d- divisive? I don't know. But why report something if it warns data lacks context? Are we not ready to give us a full report? Nearly 400 crashes in the United States in 10 months involve cars using this uh, ADAS technology. No one says it's perfect. However, what are we fighting here, people? A lot of you are saying, well, why do we need this technology? Think about the road deaths a year that's happening. What's that number? You've been listening to the show, you know, if it's the first time listening to the show, it's like 40,000 some odd deaths a year because of human error. This technology is designed not only to get us a little more comfortable, not too comfortable, I would say, but this technology is designed to keep us safe on the roadways and reduce that number. And so it goes on to say 392 of these incidents cataloged by the agency from July 1st of last year through May 15, six people died, five were seriously injured. It goes on and on. It's terrible. The science is not perfect. The technology is not perfect. However, and I'm sure Scott Brown and Rocky will, 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 will reaccount on this, millions of miles have been tested, and uh, it's somewhat proven that the technology is there. Now, hey, I want to throw out an idea. And before I do, regarding a cash for clunkers and an EV buy, we'll talk more about that. If you are a shop owner, collision owner, if you're in the automotive aftermarket, get on a Service Life Facebook. I want to give a big shout out. It's a private group. We share ideas. We try to make each other better. Lucy Carrera, Michelle Tanzi, John Kabeck, Modern Res, Carl Coleman, Robert McAdam, uh, Scott Brown's on there, Rocky's on there, Greg Buckley. We have a ton of people, which means we've got just over 160 folks. Now, the catch is this. you gotta you got to be a shop owner. you you got to be willing to embed in your community and to take care of your people, okay? And if you're not at that point, that's okay, too. You're looking to strive. But if you get onto Service Life Facebook page, I'll have that in the show notes, come join our tribe. We're trying to make everyone else and ourselves better through movement. Together, we're better. Now, before we head to break, this Cash for Clunkers uh, EV situation. Cash for Clunkers, think about it. Years ago, you had an old clunkety-clunker. You traded it in, you got extra money, blah, 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 you bought something new. Will the government come out with a similar program, a cash for clunkers program for EV buyers to really retire those gas cars? Could that be a possibility? Right now, there are rebates available, and in fact, in Congress, uh, there are mainly the automaker CEOs, Toyotas, urging Congress to lift what they call that EV tax credit cap right now, it's at uh, 200,000 vehicles. So if, if a manufacturer makes 200,000 of these EVs, 
they can't have any rebates above and beyond that. Now, the manufacturer's argument is, hey, commodity prices, stuff's expensive. We're having these supply chain issues. We need as much help. So will we have a cash for clunker EV, EV rebate type of thing to really entice you to put that gas vehicle away and get into a little old EV vehicle? We are going to come back. I've got Scott Brown in the wings and, of course, Rocky Kaminian uh, out of California. We are going to come back and dive into the whole topic of electric vehicles, what it means to you. Are you ready for it? Is this an emotional dance for you right now? Are you just angry because of gas prices? Are you truly ready to jump into an EV? We're going to dive in, dissect it. Stay tuned, French Nation. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Well, listen up. I'm talking to you about one of the premier auto parts superstores in the country, Parts Authority. One of the biggest problems that we can have in a modern day garage is when our parts don't arrive on time or the quality of our parts are just not there. The Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counterfolk, national program, quick delivery, AC Delco, Monroe, Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstore. If you're an installer or own a garage, you need to check out PartsAuthority.com. Of course you want your mileage back and all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost three to one over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG. Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. As a small business owner, we have a ton of overhead. One of those is merchant fees. To process credit cards can be expensive. I save over 75% with Card Connect Paradise. Get on to charge-it-now.com. Charge-it-now.com. Or give Dan Arndt at Card Connect Paradise a call. His team is standing by to help you out. I save over 75% in credit card merchant fees every month. That's huge. 480-289-6304. Card Connect Paradise. Save on credit card fees. Merchant service fees don't have to be ungodly expensive. Give Dan a call. 480-289-6304. Card Connect Paradise. Funding for Wrench Nation Car Talk brought to you by Vision Collision, a full-service auto body repair, collision repair, and automotive paint facility in Tempe, Arizona, serving all of Greater Phoenix. Free towing, free estimates, Vision Collision, family owned and operated, 480-248-9049, Vision Collision. Right on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Get on WrenchNation.tv. Uh, we certainly uh, appreciate you guys hanging. KMET, Southern California, and KFNX here in Arizona on Saturday. 
Uh, thank you so much. We've heard from you. You can always uh, express your interest and comments and so on on that website, as well as show ideas. This show, we're going right into the EV dynamic. There's an uptick. In fact, sales are up. Everything is up, which would make perfect sense, right? Gas prices are up. A lot of you are interested, but are not too sure. Scott Brown is hanging in the wings. He's been dedicated to serving the automotive industry for many, many years. Owner of Connie and Dix, and more importantly, boy, he's progressive. He is on the cutting edge of technology as a trainer uh, throughout the country. Let's bring Scott in. Scott, welcome to Ranch Nation. Hey, Frank. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Excellent. No, and I appreciate you spending time. I know the shop is busy, uh, and... What I'd like to do, you went through a transition at one point, happily driving gas vehicles out in California, fixing them, driving them. What was your pivot point factor in deciding, hey, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm, I'm jumping into an electric vehicle. Yeah, so my pivot point, uh, and it actually happened back in uh, 2011. Uh, 2011, 2012, I started really looking hard at the uh, alternative propulsion systems out there. And, of course, uh, as you and I are both in the service industry, I was looking, I was putting some trajectory out there to put myself in the same position a consumer would be in, hopefully in the future, right? And so I I bought an extended range vehicle, which is a, it's kind of like a hybrid, but it's got a pretty significant battery pack in it, and it can go about 38 miles on a on a charge, and I was actually commuting almost about 37 miles one way to an office and back, and I calculated out what the the fuel savings were were going to be, and it was very eye-opening, and it took me a while to try to figure that out, and I think that's where the consumers are going to have a uh, challenge in understanding how that energy from fuel gets displaced by energy from electricity and what the costs are and so on. But uh, my, my main drive was to be, to, was basically to surround myself with the technology so that I not only understood it, you know, from the mechanics on the back end, but also understanding the charging infrastructure, public charging, private charging, that whole cycle. Let's step back, Scott. I got to interject. Um, you made that decision. Um, you had mentioned the math, obviously, you know, going from the pump to EV, we know there are savings. Could you explain to folks what that detail looks like? I mean, do you do you have the math that would suggest how much money did you save every month? And then ultimately, we'll talk about this, you went full on off the grid. And of course, you've got solar and so on. What What does the savings look like for an individual on a monthly basis, if we can just sort of use that as an example? Sure. And uh, I'll Try not to go into the weeds here, but... Go in the know, weeds, Scott! EV, you've yeah, done the research, when an, man. <laughs> <laughs> when you get an EV, uh, if you decide to put a charger out at your house, you need to contact your power provider because they will typically have a special rate for EV vehicles. And then the next thing you need to understand is your, your vehicle, you can program your vehicle to charge in super off-peak mode or you know peak times, which is midnight to 6 a.m. typically. That's where you're going to get the lowest rate and uh, figure, you know, today, like the bundled lowest average rate is, you know, somewhere just under 20 cents a kilowatt hour. I would consume about 10 kilowatt hours in um, 37 miles. Okay. So I was doing that, you know, back and forth. So 20 kilowatt hours um, a day, if you're able to charge that all at home, which I wasn't doing, I was charging at a destination as well. 
Uh, fortunately, at that destination, the char- there was no cost for charge because I was parking in a city municipality. They had this huge solar array. They were already way ahead of the curve on um, you know renewable energy, and so I took advantage of that. But it was costing me roughly two two and a half dollars a day. The vehicle I replaced was getting 21 miles to the gallon, and you know I figured at that time I was about 350 a gallon. Uh, so that was, you know, I'm I'm burning up about uh, 13 bucks a day versus charging was costing me a couple bucks a day. If you run that out over a five year span, that's astronomical. I mean, that, that's some really some real good numbers. I had a question because many many are seeing as a part of inflation, their energy bills are going up. Is this a big issue, Scott, or is it a non-factor? I mean, it has gone up, but does that really affect your your uh, cost per mile to operate an EV? Yes, uh, of course. And, and you know what I uh, also did back then? So 2012 is when I purchased that one vehicle. And, you know, as we're moving through through time, I started looking at, hey, what, what, am, I, what are my fixed costs here? What, what am I liable for? Well, electricity. And here in California, we've got an infrastructure issue. Um, I looked at it and said, hey, I, what's it going to take for me to generate my own fuel? And six years ago, I put my own solar array up, and uh, I've got battery storage there, and so now I make my own fuel. And even, the rates have even gone up recently, and um, uh, things are kind of playing into that into that channel that I kind of saw the future happening. So um, this this was a difficult decision for me to do. I had to do a lot of studying and try to figure out, hey, what's the payoff? And and it is a, it is a while to pay off, but if you add more electric vehicles and you figure out the offset on what that fuel fueling cost is, things start to make a lot more sense. So, I mean, essentially, you got to brass taxes and you said, you know what, I got to do the math on this. Solar is an investment. Um, your lifestyle made it up to where, you know what, this could work. And when you say now you're, you're sort of generating your own juice, uh, solar may not work for everybody, depending on what parts of the country. I believe further north it's an issue, but further deep in the south. And of course, we look at the whole world. Solar only works in so many areas, but it's still a win regarding electric vehicles when it comes to sourcing your own power. Now, I've got to ask you, as someone that's, uh, you know, let's forget that you're a rock star in the industry and, and, and run a very successful business taking care of your automotive clients that come in for service. What is your take and belief on this whole issue with commodities that we do not control? In other words, uh, cobalt, uh, lithium, all these things that come from countries that we're kind of on the fence about. Do you think the American consumer will weigh that in? Oh, I don't want to buy this because it's coming from borderline slave labor or child labor uh, out of the Congo for this particular element that's required for batteries. Do you think the consumer's looking at that? Or is, is is it a non-issue? They really want to just save money. Yeah, I would say it, it probably depends on what uh, what news channels they they tune into. But uh, it's a very complicated subject. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of minerals, uh, natural resources that that need to go into uh, primarily manufacturing batteries, right? And uh, there have been new mines, uh, you know generated, but it takes a few years to, to get a mine uh, up and running. I but, ask you uh, that, Scott, because if we've got a green movement, and look, my daughters 
I go to Starbucks. Dad, do not get the straw. It's plastic. We don't need the straw. Save on the straw. Everything is about a green relationship. And I respect that, honestly. I mean, what do we know? We're from the 80s, right? We destroyed everything anyway. <laughs> in some ways that were good or bad, whatever you say. We had MTV and that kept us sane. But I'm making a good point regarding the progressive consumer. If, if we're going for this green movement, I, I wonder how green deep one would go if they understood the amount of water that it takes for lithium and to mine that and so on. So we can't predict yeah. the future, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think I buy the whole green. I got a Tesla. I got my EV vehicle. Yes, you are reducing your carbon footprint. Absolutely. But where is this all coming from? And that bothers me a little bit. Yeah, and I, so I'll expand a little bit on that. So if you look at some of the manufacturers, uh, you, you see this big push right now. A lot of manufacturers are saying, hey, we're going all EV, we're going all in, we're going all in. Well, there's a there's a big lead on a lot of this stuff to put all these pieces together so that they can come in into the assembly and all that. If you look and see which manufacturers started back in, say, 2013 and 2014, figuring out, all of the mineral, uh, you know, they they hired these teams to, to help their company figure out where they need to be in the year 2020-2025 to uh, build these, these platforms. And you look at what they had basically put on the table. They considered everything. They're looking at uh, the cost of the battery, of course, but they're also looking at where these minerals are coming from, how they're being generated. Um and, and, you know, whether things are being done ethically and cleanly, environmentally safe, uh, you know, how to do it better. And then on the other side, do they have a recycling platform? That is another huge impact. So um, I get it. I, I think a lot of young people may say, hey, you know what, what about the whole life cycle here? And I would encourage anybody that has some questions to go dig in and find the, the information on their own. Do not rely about on hearsay or evening or news. Let's face statements. it; it's it's emotionally driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, there's 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 some really good stuff out there. If they start diving in, they'll start to figure out which companies are ahead of the curve. Yeah, I want to bring in uh, Rocky Kaminian, Bree. Let's bring Rocky, owner of Beamer and Benz. Uh, been a longtime technician. Rocky, welcome to Wrench Nation. Good evening or good afternoon. Uh, hey, Scott, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, Rocky. How are you? Good, thank you. Frank, how's everything going? It's going well, man. Thank you. You guys are somewhat neighbors. You're out there in Southern California. We do know nationally there's about a 2% ownership of EVs. California is more 6%. Rocky, I ask you, are your European BMW and Mercedes folks, are they fed up with gas prices? Is this a demographic issue? Uh, Do they not care? Where's the sentiment of consumers in your garage? Well, as far as the, I'm sure Scott knows all that information too. As far as BMWs and Mercedes and high-end vehicles are concerned, in my opinion, it's more like a status thing. It's, uh, hey, you know, I'm driving EV, I'm a clean, I'm part of the solution. Um, you know, it, it really doesn't matter how much it costs me. It doesn't matter what the, how it's going to get repaired or how it's been manufactured. 
I doesn't. I know that matters as long as I look good inside, and I know that uh, I can show myself that I'm part of the solution. So that's. <laughs> I, I I have to agree with you. If we if we said when I was twenty something, I drove what I could afford to drive. I wasn't. I wasn't like I. I couldn't even be aware based upon my wallet on making a statement. But as I came up in my career and I can make these choices, my car is who I am. My truck is who I am. My EV is who I am. The question is, do you think folks will come out of of their current brand status to get away from the expensive fuel at the at the pump? Well, um, it's very obviously it's very hard to say in my in, in what I think of things um, the way I think of them. Um, the as far as the. Um, Economy and everything else is going at this moment. It's very, very touchy, as you can, as you know. Uh, it's the inflation and everything else is going to be the factor in this. I personally um, think that the the way the manufacturers and the people that intended EV to be EV, they have done a, a tremendous job in campaigning. For this uh, for this uh, uh, technology, and I think that it's going to go for a, for a long while. If even if it uh, proves to be uh, not, uh, you know what they're actually saying it is. Scott, can you walk through some of maybe maybe pick like the top three technical driver awareness system components that work together? to keep a driver safe on the road. What's your favorite? And maybe uh, we can bounce back and forth with Rocky on that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that, uh, the, the you know, you were talking earlier about the Tesla, you know, the investigations against Tesla and people getting in accidents. Well, a lot of those conditions happen because the customer, yes, is not onboarded properly. Um, they are totally misinformed or they're not even coached at all. Uh, they're just getting whatever they see on the commercial. And, and a lot of times you watch these commercials, and I've got documentation on that. I teach this stuff. I've seen conditions where they're showing something, you know, just for a split second, and that's a condition you're not even supposed to ever do in that car. And it's it's very, very frustrating. So um, to talk about the systems, uh, a lot of them basically have uh, lane-keeping assist, okay, or lane-keeping. So it, it's keeping you in your lane or helping you, give you some guidance or give you some warning so that you don't have a collision, right? That's, that's the main, the main, uh, so if I'm drifting out of my lines on a freeway, um, mm -hmm. is, is that done? How is that recognized? Is that through camera systems? Give us a little idea on that. Yep. Uh, so that, that lane, uh, that lane keeping system is typically only used with a camera, usually looking forward um, they are looking at those lane lines, and those lane lines, if you've noticed out on the highway lately, uh, when they restripe freeways, they put a white line down and they put two black lines on the outside of those. And those are there primarily because of the high contrast uh, that these cameras need to identify those lane markings. So the system is always looking out there in front of the vehicle. It's looking at those lane lines. It know It's been calibrated so that it knows where the center of the car is and it knows the boundaries. And it either is giving you a warning. Uh, so these are the different SAE levels, uh, beginning at level zero. Um, we Today we have level zero, level one, and level two. Well, when you get up to the level one, 
that system may actually have control where it will take the steering and move you back into the center um, of the lane to assist with that, uh, you know, with, with keeping you safe in the center of that lane. Yeah, no, I, 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 have, uh, I have a platform now uh, that it will do that. And my very first time behind that, I'm like, wow, this thing feels like it's on roller skates. It just kind of guided me back in where I needed to go. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Rocky, yeah. I've got to ask you, uh, you know, working on Mercedes and the Deutsche Lande, the BMWs, are you seeing situations, uh, I have not seen this firsthand in the garage, but are you seeing situations where folks get their windshield replaced and all of a sudden now all these lights are on and, and can you talk to us about that when somebody gets their windshield replaced and that rearview mirror that may have a camera on it? Absolutely. So some of these vehicles, well, I gotta let you know that some of these vehicles has, have have heads-up display also, so which makes the the windshield uh, four times as much price-wise. Um, and on top of everything else, when you have your ADAS stuff on it with the cameras and and radars and all that stuff on it, and if they're not calibrated properly, they definitely have going to have if the if the windshield breaks they, they have to be calibrated properly and if they don't get calibrated properly then there's they're not gonna i think scott knows and i mean we talked about that scott i think that they they basically fail to work because they're not initialized properly and and not calibrated um so you're gonna have uh at worst a system that is not going to be 100 percent and you may give you a wrong reading if you're used to, or if you're depending on it, it may, it may not even. Yeah, Scott Brown, uh, some of the classes you teach in the industry, we were talking about essentially taking the eyes, these camera systems, uh, radar, if you will. Can you talk to the audience about what that procedure looks like? Because a lot of folks are getting their windshield done. Money's tight. They may not pull an insurance deal. And they go and they get their $150 windshield and now they have a permanent pull to the right or something goofy like that. Can you dive in a little deeper uh, for those on what, what that alignment in those uh, camera systems are all about? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, And we've seen this. Uh, we've seen cars that have had a new windshield put in that have a camera system in it. And even though it got calibrated, it is not behaving properly. And the last one I had in here was a, it was a Toyota product. And we found out that the windshield that they put in was from the same manufacturer that builds the glass for that OEM, but it is not the, the factory level glass. It's, a, it's kind of a, uh, you know, a, a cheaper model. And the, the issue with that is that there is a special bracket that is bonded to that windshield, and it is it precisely uh, installed on, on a specific index point on that windshield. And this bracket assembly compared to the OEM one that we ended up putting in the car where it was like night and day. This thing was all crooked and skewed. And so when you get that mounted in the vehicle and the camera mounted in there and they, they calibrate, even though they got it calibrated, that camera was still askew. And that customer's complaint was that it was, it would never warn them about going over the line until their, the car was almost halfway over the line. Yeah, no, that's uh, important to get done. Important. Yeah, it is yeah. important. Rocky, I, I've got to ask you, um, you you've been around. Um, you, you've, you've seen a lot. As a, as a garage owner, I'm 
you know, before we had to break, I got to touch upon this with the supply chain issues and folks trying to jump in and get their own parts. And there's funny business now more than ever. These parts need to be squared away 100%, 100% factory, or else there's a problem. You think the consumer realizes that now more than ever, or because of inflation, they want to save money and skimp out on the quality of the part? Yeah. So um, consumers, uh, are more than ever, are trying to control uh, the expenditure their expenditure as much as possible and so they're they're um searching the market for for the parts that uh, supposedly you take the, or excuse me a shop would install uh, uh finding the right exactly to your point finding the right quality of parts what the for the man what the manufacturer intended to do is very expensive. It's it's not expensive. It's it's very um, uh, uh, accurate. It's very um, well. It's got to be precise. Yeah. Which are, I give an example. I got to jump in because I'm you know me. I get bananas over this stuff. I did it on my F one fifty, just because it wasn't available. A master window switch, right? Whatever the cost from Ford, I would have paid gladly, but it wasn't available. So I went online. I did it. Amazon, $28 master switch on my on my King Ranch. It's got all the bills and whistles. I get this switch. I, I attempt to put it in. It doesn't align. Uh, the detent, uh, the, the sort of automatic up and down didn't work uh, just yesterday. Now the passenger side doesn't work. That part's readily available, and it's online, and it was really a fraction of the cost, and I think in representing what Scott Brown is saying and what Rocky's saying and a lot of the folks in the industry, I've got to tell you this. We invite your ability, and I don't want to use the word control, but you, you'd like to know what this destination of service to your vehicle looks like financially. Trust your local certified mechanic. Sure, there's going to be a markup, and it's okay. What business doesn't have a markup? But once we song and dance about you know, getting the wrong parts now more than ever. They don't play well with technology, and it ends up costing more. Gentlemen, you'll agree. Yes. Of course. So it's our policy that we don't install customer-supplied parts, unfortunately, or fortunately, due to uh, insurance liability issues and also warranty issues. In the end of the day, it's going to cost you a consumer four times as much to get something warranty because of the lack of being able to drive the vehicle because it gets parked waiting for a part that they purchased the, they purchased the part from it's just it's not a it's like going to a you know how do you guys feel if you go into a restaurant and say hey you know the steak that you're cooking should be from this from this uh, you know neck of the woods and you got it from the other neck of the woods the reason why you go into a restaurant because you trust the people you like the taste of the food you like the service, you let them do it. So it's the same thing with us. Trust yeah. us, let us cook you great cow milk. And, <laughs> cow yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, I think what I heard you say is, man, and guess what? If I didn't cook it properly or something didn't come out properly, it's such a clean business that, you know what? I can own and be accountable for 
what shortcoming came about, right? If I advised you a certain way, I don't want to get off track. That's like a whole other consumer tip type show. But I think we are relatively in the zone regarding electric vehicles. Um, And what I'd like to do, we're going to take a quick break. If you're just joining us, Scott Brown, Connie and Dick's Auto Service. Also, all my technicians out there, get on over to Diag, D-I-A-G, D-I-A-G dot net, a professional forum for all of these technical things that uh, we have to slay day in and day out. Uh, You can find information. And, of course, if you're out of Costa Mesa, you drive a Mercedes with your pinky up and a BMW, you got to go out and visit my friend Rocky Kaminian. Uh, he's out in Costa Mesa. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk more about these electric vehicles. Stay tuned, Ranch Nation. Every night I hope and pray A dream lover will come my way A girl will hold in my arms And know the magic of her charms Cause I want a girl to call Whether you're looking for a full-service direct mail or you just simply want a few marketing materials printed for use in your store, MailShark has got you covered with over 10 years of client service success with direct mail postcards, restaurant box toppers, magnets, and so much more. MailShark is there to help your marketing team acquire the clients you deserve. Pay weekly, pay as you go. There is no pressure, no contracts, direct mail. For more details, visit themailshark.com. 52% of the population family are women. We love you ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Our charity partner, Tech Force Foundation, believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage, we need to start talking to 52% of these ladies out in the population. Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.org. Now, I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about this. We have a benefits portion of our website, wrenchnation.tv, where we've got benefits for the Wrench Nation community, which is really protection for you, your family, your team. Your culture is important. Your team environment is important. So we're going to make it real easy for you to shop for health care, life insurance, device insurance, even pet insurance. I'm excited to share with you the benefits for the Wrench Nation community. Get on a wrenchnation.tv. We've made it real easy and simple. Your small business team deserve no less. Get on a wrenchnation.tv. Check out the benefits page and check out health insurance, life insurance, car rental, condo and home insurance. You name it. We've got your benefits covered. Get wrenchbenefits.com or wrenchnation.tv. <laughs> Right on, welcome back, wrenchnation.tv. Check out the website. Uh, the podcast uh, gets up on uh, Sunday, so if you dip in and out, always appreciate uh, joining us on the live radio show. But I uh, realize you guys are in and out. Big shout out to KFNX uh, Phoenix. Thank you very much. And KMET. We are looking to grow. Uh, the show. Uh, there are some uh, surprises maybe in the works and always, always appreciate your comments. WrenchNation.tv and of course, Wrench Nation Facebook. If you are in Claremont, uh, California, ConnieAndDicks.com. Check out Scott Brown's over 60 years. Scott Brown's been in business out there 
Of course, Scott Brown hasn't been wrenching for 60 years, but uh, welcome back, Scott Brown. Are you there? I sure am. Thanks. Yes. I'm not quite that old. I was going to say, man, I'm trying to keep you young, but of course, uh, uh, a a very, very reputable business. And I, I do have to say, and thank you for all of your tremendous effort and work uh, with the industry, uh, before we bring Rocky back on, I would like you to just take an opportunity. We've got a lot of technicians and shop owners that listen to the show. What do you have coming up by way of training, if we can kind of give you an opportunity there? Well, actually, next month, I have two training events I'm going to be attending. Uh, one is uh, the ASE, for Automotive Service Excellence uh, Instructor Training Conference, and it will be in uh, outside of Dallas. Um, the third week uh, on the, let's see, yes, the third week of uh, July. And um, I'll be teaching a class for other instructors to, to help them visualize some of these uh, ADAS technologies that are in cars so that technicians can understand a little more about how these systems are actually seeing or perceiving the world around the automobile, how they interact with each other, and so on. Yeah, so if you're in the service space, man, training, 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 uh, especially now more than ever, um, certainly get on to Diag.net. Let's bring uh, Mr. Rocky Kaminian. Um, man, if you're in Costa Mesa, you got a Beamer and a Mercedes, and you're tired of dancing back and forth, uh, you can visit with uh, BeamerFixer.com. Rocky, welcome back. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, and I appreciate you, gentlemen. Uh, here we are, heat of the summer. We're all busy. Um, I want to switch gears and let's talk about Scott. I ask you because we had a couple of texts come in. Uh, safety, of course, those systems are there. Where does one do research? Let's let's just say they've got their lifestyle set. They know about this range. They know about okay. This is how I'm going to deal with this regarding where I got to charge and so on. What EV should I buy? And of course, that's open for debate. But where does the consumer go? to really get this straight and skinny about choices. I mean, you've got Rivian, you've got Tesla, you've got GM. I like the F-150 Lightning. Where does somebody go to really get good information? Well, you know, one of the websites out there that I frequently uh, visit is called Electric. And there they publish a lot of news there, but there's a lot of uh, discussion. Um, and you've got owners, you've got people that are actually using these, these vehicles and they're expressing their, uh, you know, what, what they're finding out about the vehicle, how they like it works, uh, um, how to make things work, the problems that they might be experiencing. Um, so if, before somebody goes out and buys one, they may want to browse some of these, uh, various, uh, forums to see what's being talked about, what, you know, get, get your own perspective on it. Uh, secondly, you need to maybe find some folks that have these different cars and, and ask them, you know, what, what, what do I need to know, right? What, what do I need to know about this vehicle, um, you know, to make it work, make it work for me? Uh, you know, we have customers that come in here with their, either their hybrid or we're now seeing people with their battery electric cars come in. And I usually try to engage in a conversation with them just to kind of feel them out and see where they're at. And a lot of times they are not aware of a number of other things that, that you know, can make the car better or um, how you should be operating that car. So there is a lot of research that needs to be done. Um, if you're going to really start considering an, uh, a particular vehicle or a particular brand, 
you can go to that website. You can usually download the owner's manual and go through that owner's manual and start reading about the different features and the different systems. Scott, what was the website again for the folks? And I'll have that in show, show notes, but what was the website? It's called Electric, E-L-E-C-T-R-E-K. Uh, dot com. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll have to verify those. Uh, that that's the actual website, but um, lots of good material there. I mean, there there are podcasts there as well. Um, lots of lots of really good stuff. So you can get some good information. I just had a text come in. They want to know the relationship between life of vehicle. Will it last similarly to the ice gas vehicle? You know, if I drive an F one fifty. And I get into an electric vehicle. Is there anything uh, at this point that we understand, Scott, that would suggest what an average lifespan is? I know there's variables, but is that an issue for people that may buy an EV? Yeah, great question. Uh, this is definitely a, a hot topic. And in fact, last week or last Friday, the California Air Resources Board and EPA had an open hearing up in Sacramento, uh, which is California state capital to talk about these new proposed uh, regulations around, uh, you know, advanced transportation. And one of them is a, a regulation on what is the battery life on these vehicles? What kind of warranty should uh, should these uh, vehicles have mandated uh, against them? Um, you know, typically what they're telling you is that after 10 years, that battery should be able to produce 80% of its original uh, energy. Um, in the first few years, they're probably going to have some, some, some variance there because, again, like Rocky said, this is the very beginning of a lot of this stuff. And as we evolve, as the technology evolves, it'll get better and better. Very well said. Rocky, I've got to ask you this question. Um, you know, your, your, your son is coming up in the business, whether he is or isn't. I'm just saying. What would you be teaching him as a young technician moving forward? What would it be? What's important to you to make sure he gets right so he can survive as an automotive service center operator? For me, um, what I would recommend if somebody asked me or what, if I wanted my uh, son to follow follow me, I would, there would be three things that are very essential. Number one would be to go and get a, a business, some kind, not a degree or anything like that, but business course. Uh, number two would be to get a, a marketing course. And number three, which is probably the most important, uh, in my opinion, is to get uh, to get a, a 101 in psychology. Because what happens is when you're when you can actually um, interact with people and know what they're you know when they when they're saying something you can understand why they're saying it and how they're saying it and what type of personality they have and all that if you can figure all that out then you can serve better and as a result uh, you can uh, be successful at what you do it'll be more successful at what you do no man that's well said uh rocky with just a moment that we have left of course the show can go on you state it well no matter what technology is given if we're disconnected from the individual in front of us that needs something under hood no matter what the technology is that's very very well stated rocky kaminian out of costa mesa and I, I gotta, I gotta say, Rocky, thank you, thank you, man, for all your continued work. Uh, ASCCA, I, I believe that's what over eight hundred automotive shops in California. 
making everyone better. You're you're on the forefront. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. By being involved, I've learned a lot and, uh, uh, you know, made me who I am. So I'm very grateful to be part of it. Awesome. Beamer Fixer, B-I-M-M-E-R-F-I-X-E-R.com out of Costa Mesa. Even if you're not in Costa Mesa, man, or in the in the area, give Rocky a call. He'll do your best. Uh, of course, he's networked deep across the country. Mr. Scott Brown, man, you, you've been around and you're doing amazing things. I appreciate your time. Certainly not enough time to really dive in. We just kind of scuffed on the surface, but you definitely had some great valuable points. Thank you, Scott. Hey, you're welcome. And if you want to talk about ADAS technology in a future show, let's let's do it. I, think I want to break it down. I Honestly, what I'd like to do, because I've had some emails on this, uh, certain topics are due an hour is enough. I, I'm going to really work hard to try to keep it more of an open forum and bring in uh, some other talents in the industry along with you, Scott Brown, and of course, Rocky, and really get in. I think the consumer is being short-sighted by the fact of rolling technology, but they don't have like a walk around. If Bree were to buy a brand new vehicle, she's not getting any justice. I mean, she'll know where her Wi-Fi connection is. She'll know the Bluetooth. She'll know this and that. But does she truly understand uh, adaptive cruise control and what's happening and the braking and how to change that? So I'd love to do a show like that. In the meantime, please, people, if you're in the Claremont, uh, California area, visit Scott Brown, Connie and Dix. Uh, that's Connie and uh, dicks.com and of course my technicians man i'm telling you right now stop wasting your time with some of the youtube stuff very little good stuff on youtube you want the straight and skinny diag.net automotive professionals who have an account of what's going on in the service base really technically deep that help each other with solutions gentlemen thank you for joining wrench nation thank you I appreciate you guys hanging with us. Uh, again, we'll have the podcast up on Sunday. Uh, get on wrenchnation.tv, as I always say. Get in there and uh, give us your comments. If you've got a local rock star mechanic or technician or shop owner or artist or somebody building a beautiful Chop 49 Merc, your automotive lifestyle show, man. Wrench Nation, we try to cover it for you. As I tell you every week, man, be safe. Hug each other and never forget to hug a mechanic. Hug a mechanic.